Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, August 4th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those two accounts as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com. If you'd like any of your questions, comments, or concerns answered, and I might even answer them right here on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a very good mood. I know I don't have the same energy right now in my voice. I'm being a little bit quiet right now. Every now and then, sometimes I'm so happy that I don't even need to use the energy. Because you guys know why I'm happy. Last night's game against the Dodgers, first in a three-game set, they got the W by a final score of 5-4. to four. It was awesome, and I have lots of thoughts on the game. Lots of little numbers to throw at you guys. It was exciting. And I think that it was one of those things that was a, a team win. In a lot of different ways. I think that every kind of facet of the game was great last night. So so let's start with the Sheriff. Let's talk about Paddock for a second. First of all, he gave up three runs, unfortunately. That was the highest of his season so far. But still, even all that being said, it was still a quality start. Control seemed to be there, I'd say, for the most part. Um... Uh, it's honestly been there for the most part this entire year, even if the strikeouts haven't always been there. We haven't gotten any, you know, Garrett Cole 2019 type of strikeout numbers. He only had five on the night. But still, uh, the control makes up for it. He did not walk any batter, and he's only walked one batter this entire season, which is awesome. He, The Sheriff, he does not allow free passes. You know what I mean? The Sheriff does not allow free passes, and that was only in the first game when he was a little bit nervous, I think, in that first inning uh, against the D-backs that I pointed out. Um, it was a little bit unfortunate that Will Smith, of all people, had that kind of a two-run double. That was unfortunate. But what wasn't unfortunate is, among just his control being there, I was really excited to see that he's using his curveball more. You know, he did strike out Cody Bellinger with it on a 79-mile-hour cor- curveball. Curveball. <laughs> uh, that was a great pitch. I love seeing that, um, and I know that Paddock must be ecstatic to see that he's kind of added this third pitch potentially. I don't want to say it's for sure, but it looks like he's really added that third pitch to his repertoire. He's been awesome to see with it, and he threw it the most in this game than he had in the previous two games. He threw 14 uh, curveballs in total last night. If he can really develop that third pitch, even though it's not going to be his his devastating pitch, that's going to be his changeup, which is, I think, still one of the best changeups in the league, just one of the best in general pitches in the league um, out there. If he can add that curveball, have that extra little wrinkle to throw into, that's how pitchers stay alive in the game, and that's how that they uh, stay so consistently good for years, and I think that's what Paddock is trying to do. So we'll see. Hopefully he continues that up. But that wasn't really, really the story of the game. Not even close, actually. I think it's like the fifth most important thing that happened last night. Last night was all about the offense, man. Tatis, Grisham, and Myers all with solo shots. You would have liked that there were some people on base, but still, I'll take it. And they even got an RBI from Austin Hedges. That's when you know. It was his first hit on the season. When Austin Hedges is driving, is driving in runs, that's when you kind of know. All right? We're, we're looking pretty good for today. Um, and just for some numbers on this, guess what, guys? Did you know Fernando Tatis? Yeah, he's still pretty good. But I still want to talk about him anyway. Tatis is the only player for the Pirates to actually reach base in every game this season, which, I mean, I'd say he's been our best player. And actually, I was, I was saying this to a friend of mine. I actually think after Friday's win, against the Rockies, just to throw it back there for a second. I really felt like that game-tying home run, it just gave me that feeling, and I'm not saying this is, you know, it is early and all that, and it's still a super young career, but 
this is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s team, man. Like, he is the star of this team. Maybe he won't, and don't get me wrong, maybe he's not the best, he won't end up being best overall player. You still got Machado and his glove at third, and especially if he starts kicking it up a notch. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's already for sure the best player on the team. I still think we got to assume that that's Manny Machado. But, man, is he the star? I really think after Friday, he kind of cemented that. And then last night, with a solo shot, um, did you know that that last night was his 25th home run of his career, and that allows him to enter a pretty prestigious club? You know what that club is? He joins A-Rod, Carlos Correa, and Cal Ripken Jr. as the only shortstop to have that many home runs, 25, by the time they were 21. Yeah, pretty great, right? Pretty great, pretty great indeed. And also Trent Grisham, I like I mentioned before, he goes solo with the shot. I just, he's been one of the great kind of breakouts. I think, on the season so far. You know what I mean? I think he's been this guy that, in a lot of ways, has been so exciting because it wasn't expected. People can kind of expect Tatis. You know what I mean? They're expecting. Everyone's excited for him. He's going high in fantasy baseball drafts, right? But Grisham has been one of those guys that has been awesome this season. I mentioned how Tatis is the only one to reach base in every single game this season. Grisham, he's made it to base every single game this season except for one. And not to mention, he's also got the two steals on his resume. He's been driving guys in. He's been so awesome. Bang, 293 right now. 11 runs scored. Four home runs and seven ribbies. Just a really solid stat line for Trent Grisham. And even pretty good defensively. He made one mistake, I'd say, uh, in the game to, uh, last night. But we'll get to that in a little bit later. Um, and also... We know about Tatis and Grisham, especially Tatis, obviously. But I just wanted to mention, Will Myers has been really great so far, guys. Like, really, really great. Currently, he is batting 282 with a 378 on base percentage. He's got three home runs on the year and nine RBIs. He's just been kind of getting uh, hits when we need them. Yes, the 16 strikeouts aren't great, but still, considering that he's been able to walk and get on base at such a decent clip, that's really been awesome. And he's got an e- OPS over 1,000 right now, along with Grisham and Tatis. So it's really been... Or I'm sorry, Tatis is 997, my bad. So his OPS is actually larger. It's even greater than Will Byers's, which, of course, you know, I don't think it takes into account the fact that Tatis single-handedly saved us in that one game against the Rockies. But still, it's really exciting that the Padres are just getting hits when they needed it. Um, and this is all, and also to consider, um, everyone's on base is great. You know what I mean? With the exception of Profar and Austin Hedges, who have been... Uh, not great. I think Profar is, I don't even think it's arguable anymore. He's been kind of the worst offensive player on the team. He's been just kind of, oh my God, he's batting 86 right now with a 220 on base. That's got to go up, I think, at some point. It's got a, a you know, law of regression, uh, positive regression, I guess, have to, has to be expected for him. But yeah, just wanted to mention, um, Will Myers, such an awesome season so far. He's even got a stolen base thrown in there for good measure. Been really good on the base paths. Uh, so shout out to Will Myers. Will My the baseball guy as I've been calling him lately. Uh, He's been awesome. And speaking of steals and being on the base pass, I like how aggressive the Padres have been on the base pass this season. The double steal last last night was great. I did enjoy seeing that, and I feel like that's the second time I've seen them do that this season uh, with Machado. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, yes, uh, Abraham Almonte, he did get caught. And, yeah, like I said, I, I, I do still appreciate the the aggressiveness when it comes to the base paths. Even though he got caught, you know, Abraham Abate, clearly based on what we saw there, he's no, uh, he doesn't got that clutch Ferris Bueller type of speed, I guess you could say, and getting there in time. But I still appreciate the attempt and showing that the Padres are not going to be afraid from running. And I think that 
the aggressive the aggressiveness there shows that they can win and that they've got this excitement and that they've they're finding different ways to generate runs you know what i mean in a variety of different ways i also didn't appreciate like i mentioned uh earlier with grisham's mistake both him and tatis kind of eliminated any more potential uh assurance runs they could have gotten in that one inning they both get picked off especially tatis it was just kind of eh really rough to watch i did not like seeing that but still i still must say i mean you know, I I just appreciate the base running. I know that I'm, I keep repeating that, but I just I like it. I like the aggressiveness. I think that it's a good sign, um, for sure. And also, you know what else is a good sign? Jake Cronenworth. Do I even have to say? Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, Jake Cronenworth. <laughs> Let me just tell you about this guy for a second. Every friggin' person apparently in the world that I had guest star on the podcast was excited about uh, uh, Jake Cronenworth. I was excited about uh, Trey Christian for sure, but not everyone necessarily uh, was talking about Jake Cronenworth, myself included, and I apologize for that. This guy has been awesome so far. He made a great defensive play that you guys could check out on the Padres social feed when he robbed Jack Peterson potentially of a hit, maybe even a double potentially. Uh, he looked great at first. You know, that's what's so exciting. And especially this is big because Hosmer's not really in the lineup right now. I don't know why I said not really. He isn't in the lineup right now. He's on a DL. So for him to come in and be able to play defensively and look good on top of his offense being 5 for 14 on the season so far, he's been great. Such a great out of all the bench players, I'd say, out of all the unexpected players too. Uh, Definitely, Jake Cronenworth has been the star in that aspect this season, um, for sure. But now, guys, I want to talk about the bullpen. I've been saying it many times. The bullpen has been a disaster. It has been so, 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 so bad. Basically, the sole reason we've been losing so many games, uh, I'd say, with the exception of maybe the Cal Quantrill starts. You know, those haven't been, haven't been, uh, I'm not the Cal Quantrill uh, starts. The Joey Lucchese starts, don't get me wrong, weren't that great against the Rockies. But still, the bullpen has been a disaster. Um, But I am happy to report that after stinking it up, as the newly acquired Padre, uh, Emilio Pagan was pretty solid. He did have that walk, and I was hoping that he would get out of the inning kind of unscathed with as few pitch pitches as possible. But still, 13 isn't bad. He did walk the guy, but he did get a strikeout and didn't give up any runs, most importantly. Um, and then we brought in Drew Pomeranz, who I was also hoping would kind of get through the inning uh, unscathed and quickly. Because maybe, maybe we use him for the ninth inning. I don't know, baby. I don't know, Jim. Uh, but of course, you knew they were never going to do that. But still, that's the, the th- those were the thoughts that were playing in my head. I was scared for just a second by Muncie, who literally pimped his hit, by the way. He, I think he thought it was a home run that he hit off of Pomeranz. Um, the announcers mentioned also how uh, Max Muncie was the first lefty that Pomeranz had faced all season, so that made me a little bit nervous. Just the way they said it, they were like, hey, this is the first lefty uh, Pomeranz has faced this season. Made me nervous, then of course the hit made me even more nervous. Thankfully, it was just a fly out, a deep fly out that they were able to corral. Um, you know, my nerves were nervous. <laughs> my nerves were nervous after that one. But then, of course... You knew Pomeranz was going to be the closer. I've said on the podcast that I didn't want to, you know, start panicking like I feel like some other fans have been. That we have to remove, you know, uh, Kirby Yates from the closer role. Get rid of him, guys. This is a dude that had an ERA of like 1.16 last year. Had, you know, he was basically next to Hater, the best closer in the league. Right? You can't just immediately dump the guy, even though in a shortened season you start to panic more, justifiably panic more because you don't have many games that you can afford to waste. Still. Um, you know, uh, Kirby Yates comes in. He does give up the home run to Bellinger. I do not want to ignore that. Although I do think Yates looked good, and we'll talk about that in a second. The home run to Bellinger wasn't great. The pitch just kind of held. You know, it kind of, um... It just hung up in there a little bit. It was just it, it stayed a little bit too stagnant over the plate, and Bellinger tracked it well. But still, it is Cody Bellinger who hasn't started 
off the season super good. He hasn't been quite the slugger as we're all used to seeing, and the reigning NL MVP, you're kind of expecting to still uh, continue those numbers. So I guess he was kind of due for one of those. It was his second of the season. So if you, here's the thing. If you're going to give up a home run, at least it was to Cody Bellinger, of all people. I mean, come on, it was fine. And then, of course, what I love seeing is then Kirby Yates proceeded to show us some of the stuff he was last year. He struck out the three next batters, doesn't give up another hit. He was great in that respect because everyone's nervous, and he looked upset after he gave that Bellinger home run. I know he must have been thinking, oh, my God, here we go again. I'm terrible. You know, what am I doing? You know, because that's how human beings are. They start blaming themselves for everything. But it's really great, the emotional fortitude, the mental fortitude, for him to get three strikeouts, guys. That's That should be brought up. Yes, he gave up the run, and thank God we had, you know, clutch RBIs from Austin Hedges, of all people, for this game. But still, it is nice to see the three strikeouts, seeing that tough stuff that he had last year. And he was amped. You know, he was clearly, my man's was clearly amped after getting that. And, um, yeah, that was that was really great. It was great to see the bullpen finally kind of, especially in a close game and especially against the Dodgers, kind of solidify the thing. I just appreciate it so much about the game. It was a team win, really, from Cronenworth's all-around play to the Sheriff allowing no free passes to Will Mai, the baseball guy. But do you know what I appreciate just as much, guys, as good baseball and sometimes even more so? That's right, I appreciate food! That's right, and Postmates! Let's talk a little bit about Postmates, guys. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. That's because I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates, but I kinda love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house, or even opening the door. And you know, give it all that that's going on there and all in the world, they created non-contact deliveries, so now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up, guys. You need to be supporting your local neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's the best way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. No, they do not, my friends. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get everything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100. Woo! Yeah, that's right. A free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you first download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, guys, we're back here discussing some stuff of last night's game. I want to talk about a potential beef. That's right, a potential beef between the Padres, because I noticed it last night, all right? And that was with the, you know, I mentioned the the aggressive base running by Trent Grisham and Fernet Tatis that ended up kind of eliminating any potential chances for uh, some insurance runs that we might have needed. Thankfully, we didn't, but still, uh, Tatis gets caught in a pickle running uh, from third to home plate, and it ends up resulting in a collision, all right? And the Dodgers clearly, based on their kind of body language, seem to take exceptions to that. So here's what I want to talk about, all right? It was not a dirty play. So I want the Dodgers to calm down. I do not want them to at all start with this nonsense. Let's be real, guys. You know what I mean? Let's be real. Everyone has had that moment where they're running really fast, and then they kind of, oop, they kind of pull up. Tatis clearly pulled up. You know what I mean? What was he supposed to do? And by the way, Catcher was in the, in the line of the base path. So he was more than allowed to do that. All right, so there was no rules broken, but the Dodgers were clearly like, hey, for a second, relax. 
I do not want to see any retaliation. I am just putting this out there as a form of kind of a a, a cautious warning, a, a trepidatious warning, whatever the correct vernacular word is to use here. Then I'm just saying... I'm looking out for that tonight. I do not want to see anything from the Dodgers. I don't want to see them get upset. I'm not expecting it. I'm not expecting it. And I better not see it. Because also, on Twitter, I saw a very suspicious video where Max Muncy appears to try and kind of, you know, step on Cronenworth's foot. I saw this via uh, Mr. Giraffe Neck Mark, actually, on Twitter. Uh, you guys can check out that video. Uh, the route he took running to first was, uh, how do I put this? Very suspect. All right. So if anyone has a beef, it should be us. I'm not saying that, you know, Max Muncy was doing it intentionally. I'm just saying if you guys want to start getting honest for Tatis running into the catcher and maybe knocking him over or whatever. And that, you know, what was there any malicious intent in that? If anyone should be complaining about potential malicious intent, it is us because with Cronenworth doing so well and seeing Max Muncy use his left foot to kind of, uh, um, step on the inside of the base at first base was a little bit uh, weird. I don't necessarily want to go there. Like I said, I don't want to judge intents, right? So I'm just saying, be careful, Dodgers. I do not want to see any kind of nonsense coming up from you guys. Don't be a bunch of sore losers, you know what I mean? Which I don't think they're going to be. If anything, the Dodgers have been... What's the opposite of sore losers? Like, they have a gripe, like perfectly not sore losers when it comes to having a World Series potentially stolen from them by the Astros uh, in 2017. Uh, so I'm just going to say that uh, as a starter and say, hey, I get it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's fair to absolutely, absolutely bring up. But I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see anything. I thought last night was such an exciting game. It was, it felt like, I don't want to, it felt a little bit like playoff baseball, just a tad. I don't think it had quite the same feeling entirely but still like and and I know that when you say playoff baseball like it's easy for me to say considering that you know the, the Padres won and if, if they did it win I would have been like oh it was just a regular season game ignore it <laughs> so I have to admit maybe there is my hypocrisy there um that I'm being there but still I still think that um it would be wrong for uh us to waste kind of what the real message of last night's game was which was a really competitive game against two division rivals that are both vying for that kind of first place along with the Rockies who are also uh starting off pretty great too uh it's really kind of a cluster at the uh top of the NL West right now so really uh gonna be looking forward to that it means every game matters just as more um than ever you know we don't need any kind of apocryphal type of uh leadership and uh narratives being put out there i'm using some weird words today by the way apocryphal uh using some weird uh words today uh but we don't need that type of stuff today so yeah let's move on it's just a warning it's just a warning guys don't want to see it don't want to see it. i saw that the the dodgers were a little annoyed i don't want to see it let's talk about tonight's game really quickly uh it's the Nelson Lamette pitching who, like I said in the preview with Jeff, I'm looking to see, is this guy a gamer? Is he going to show us his ace stuff against the best? Uh, looking forward to it. However, he doesn't have the greatest of numbers against the Dodgers uh, in his career, um, that being the Nelson Lamette. He's currently sporting an ERA of 5.14 in four starts against them. Doesn't have a single win against them, which I know wins don't really matter as much, but just throwing it out there that uh, the offense hasn't been able to bail him out, I guess, either. His K per nine is good with 14.6 over those four starts, but still looking to see. Look and see, 34 strikeouts in total against the Dodgers. His whip of 1.5, just to add a couple more uh, numbers that I should have added before. But, uh, yeah, so Denelson Lament hopefully going to get his first good kind of start against the Dodgers. Uh, I know that 
Um, Jack Peterson actually has an OPS of over 2,000 against him. He's been one of the Dodgers hitters that's actually killed him so far in his career. So hopefully work around that. I think that there is a positive regression to be expected uh, from that 5.14 ERA, but this is a big game for him. Really big game for Denelson Lament, and it's also going to be a big game for uh, for Dustin May, who's pitching for the Dodgers, against San Francisco, where he made his debut, and I feel like a lot of people got excited, the young guy, because of also that oh-so-illustrious hair. He uh, Against San Francisco, he went 4.1 innings pitch, allowed seven hits, only one run, though, so got a little bit fortunate that they weren't able to uh, string up multiple hits, the Giants, that mean, and he did have four strikeouts, and against Houston was less impressive, going 3.1 innings, allowing three hits, one run, two walks and two strikeouts, or I'm sorry, three strikeouts. So yeah, like I said, not awful numbers. Maybe the youngster is projected to be more of a reliever right now and only going to give a give the Dodgers a few innings, but still, let's make those innings count, because, the, you know, the youngster doesn't have awful numbers, certainly, but he does have illustrious hair, like I said before. Uh, we're still the team. We need to pick at that. Let's kill him. You know what I mean? Let's get him out of the game early, get into that, that Dodgers bullpen, which certainly hasn't been bad. It hasn't been as bad as ours. The Dodgers' bullpen has been pretty great. I mean, we're able to knock them around yesterday. So hopefully we get to uh, knock up on the, the youngster guy, say, hey, welcome to the majors, buddy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game tonight. It's, it's just such a fun series, man. And then we got Garrett Richards going tomorrow. Going to be really excited for that one as well. It's really all I have to say, guys. It's really all I have to say. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Check out some of the other Lockdown MLB podcasts. Check out all the, the stuff out there, guys. Really great win, man. Really great run. Great win. <laughs> uh, really great win. And I'm hoping that uh, tomorrow I'm back with the same type of optimism and enthusiasm that I had heading into today. Uh, we'll just have to see, though. Not going to be easy. I mean, even last night's game was not easy. So uh, until next time, guys, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.